0: Welcome to VChat, episode number 26. Um, This is David Davis from vmwarevideos.com and TrainSignal.
1: And I'm Simon Seagrave from techcape.co.uk. And I'm Eric Seabird from vsphereland.com.
0: Well, thanks for joining me today, guys, on the uh, latest VChat here. We have a list of uh, some uh, cool topics, some timely topics to talk
1: about. Um, Eric, how are you doing? Good. Yeah, I think it's been a been a while since we had the last one, and that been staying busy, and that lots of work, lots of VMware stuff. You know, it's never a dull moment when you're working with VMware technology, and um, always something to do. Simon.
2: Yeah, um, same sort of thing. Yeah, really busy at the moment. So uh, I've got EMC World coming up shortly. So. The last six weeks to two months, uh, just been fully immersed in preparing the uh, the hands-on labs for that. So, uh, yeah, not not doing a heck of a lot else apart from living, breathing labs, uh, all, all, all vSphere based. So it's, it's been good fun. Just uh, very busy, but uh, yeah, that'll all be over soon and uh, get a bit of my own time back into my own uh, into my own labs here again. So uh, I look forward to that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I last saw you at Charlotte about a month ago um, at the regional user group, and uh, there you were manning the EMC Labs, and um, actually it was Vero Madness, wasn't it? It wasn't uh, a user group, it was Vero Madness. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so that was an awesome show. I'd never been to Vero Madness before, um, you know, lots of experts showed up. Lots of enthusiastic people. They had a, a flash mob, an unexpected flash mob <laughs> during the keynote, oh, yes. uh, which was yeah, very strange uh, but interesting. And that, uh, so you were man in the labs there. Was that planned um, or just what, uh, unexpected to the crowd? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure it was planned, okay. but you know, just unexpected to the crowd. Uh, Jason, that swears he he didn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So um, you yeah, were a man in the labs? Yeah, yeah, it was a good event actually. It's the first time I've been to Barrow Madness and um, I'd heard a lot about it and uh, you know, you see online when Barry Madness is, is sort of, you know, a week or a couple of weeks out, a lot of hype around it and everything. But, uh, I've got to say, it definitely lived up to, uh, you know, its reputation. It was, it was a great day. You know, it was, um, you know, definitely an action packed day. There were a lot of sessions going on, running various streams, running at the same time. Uh, but a real good buzz there as well. You know, a lot of people, the people there were definitely, um, very much, you know, passionate about the technology. It was good. So, yeah, had some really good conversations with with folks there. Uh, yeah, we had the MC Labs happening uh, there as well. That was good. We had a room off to one side. They we were uh, running various labs, from. so that was good. Um, but, yeah, yeah, all around a good day, actually.
0: Yeah, I had a good time there. Um, you know, I talked about um, VMware certifications, and I was a little concerned that people would, you know, most of the people I already know already, you know, most of them already have a VCP um, but I, I talked a lot about the VCP and I had a packed room and people asking me questions after and they were just, you know, so enthusiastic about, you know, getting their VCP. And so, uh, yeah, it was a very receptive audience. I was, I was happy to see that and
2: a good show. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good session, actually. I, I managed to break away to catch your session there, actually, so I was standing up at the back of the room there. I don't know if you saw me, but, uh, yeah, I was at the back there. It was definitely definitely a packed room, and uh, I thought it was good. Very, very informative, you know, um, very good. And I um, pretty much covered the whole range, you know, people wanting to get their first VMware certification right through to those, you know, wanting to get some of the, some of the uh, uh, more advanced accreditations. So, uh, no, it was good. Good session. Yeah,
0: yeah I was happy to have Jason Nash in the back of the room, too, um, when I did the VCDX uh, topic because he he was uh, answering questions about that as well so uh,
1: yeah good stuff uh, Eric I'm sorry what were you saying Oh I was just going to say speaking of Charlotte we're uh, we'll be VMug will be coming up there in about less than two weeks so uh, I'll be attending that that should be a really good large VMug and that there's a, a lot of well known bloggers and community people are going to be there um, I know Chris Colati will be there uh, Alan Renouf um, I believe Scott Lowe is going to be there uh, William Lamb I'll be there. As well, so that's really be a good event. It's one of the regional VMugs. So it's one of those bigger VMugs, and um, you know every year VMware puts on these regional VMugs. I think they typically kick off in March, and go to about the the end of the year. And they're like uh, VMugs on steroids. You know, there's a lot more sponsors, a lot more content, and you know, multiple tracks. And um, they're just overall great events. I've been to um, two already this year, and I'll be hitting a bunch more in that. And um, just a really good event to just, you know, go mingle with all the people, um, see all the sessions, a lot of VMware sessions and that that they give. They actually started off with, one track of VMware sessions and that, so they had um, four VMware sessions that you can choose from, and they've broken it down into two now. So now there's two time slots where you can get VMware sessions at. So, so between all the sponsor sessions, you'll have uh, other opportunities to see VMware sessions as well, and they have some really good speakers, really technical topics, and that. So, um, you can really learn a lot at these events and that, and you know, talking and interact with the vendors. Typically, they have at least 30 vendors on display in the uh, kind of the solutions area and that. So. Um, really fun events, and you know, if you haven't gone to one, I encourage you to go to the myvmug dot um, org page, and you click on conferences, and then not the local meetings, but the I think it's called the user conferences or the regional conferences, and you can see the list of the ones that are um, upcoming.
0: Yeah, um, I went to the yeah, Charlotte user group, the, the regional one, uh, the last couple years, and it's always great. I mean, I think they have between eight hundred and a thousand people there. I mean, it's like a mini VM world. And uh, I'm speaking at the Central Ohio Regional User Group um, in May, and uh, I've never been to that in Columbus, there where Veeam's headquarters is, and I've been offered a tour of uh, Veeam headquarters by oh, cool. uh, Rick Vanover, Rigatron, and uh, so yeah, that should be fun as well.
1: I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, so
0: that's
1: I mean, what um, yeah. Should we get so... yeah? There's um, the expert. I'm just going to say. Oh, god.
2: <laughs> it's okay. Gotta love that lag. <laughs> Where you go, Eric? Yeah.
1: So yeah, um, they, they range in size. You know, anywhere from um, you know some of the smaller ones are maybe three to four hundred people. Um, the biggest one in the U.S. is always the uh, Indianapolis mug which I believe is in July, and that so. Um, that one, I guess it pulls from a pretty broad area in that, in that region and that. So that's always, they say, um, at least a thousand people at that VMUG and that. The ones I went to, I went to South Florida already and, you know, that was pretty small. there They had maybe three to four hundred people. Uh, I went to Silicon Valley. They had, uh, Stephen Harrod there doing the keynote. Uh, Mike Laverick was there. Um, he also did another keynote. And um we had just I think over five hundred people at that one, so really varies um you know based on the region it's at and um you know the attendance and that and you know, how big they get you know some of the bigger ones you get some of the bigger name speakers, kind of the the super speakers you know like um chad's or, or Scotts or you know scott Her- or um Steve Harrod and that so um but you know it definitely worth checking out regardless of the size because there is a lot of content there. Yeah, definitely. I think
2: the New England, uh, the New England V mug supposed to be pretty sizable as well. I've never quite made it uh, across to that, but I know that's 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 a good old size as well on the East Coast there. Yeah, definitely. That'd be another good one to hit. My, my local V mug I've got coming up uh, would be the London V mug. So that's 17th of May. So anyone UK based uh, listening to this or watching this, um, yeah, definitely head down there. Uh, Yeah, unfortunately, I I won't make it this month because flying out to um, Vegas a couple of days ahead of time to set things up. But uh, uh, it's—I've seen the lineup; should be should be quite a good one.
1: And there is a regional one coming to the UK, and I believe it's in November. Um, I know HP is a sponsor of that, and that might be one I actually come out there for. So, um, so they're they're definitely not just in the U.S. The regionals—they are actually spread across uh, the whole world. Yeah, definitely, man. You have to
2: come on over. We um did the first regional one in the UK here last year, uh, up in uh, Birmingham. Now that that was definitely a success. It was pretty good. Um, had some good speakers there, and uh, yeah, it was good. To also, these, these these events are very good sort of networking opportunities as well. You know, to uh, catch up with people, maybe people you've spoken to only online before now. Uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely worth getting along to.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. So Simon, tell us about uh, EMC World. It's coming up, right?
2: Yeah, not far off now. Um, the clock's ticking. <laughs> we've got a lot of stuff to, uh, to get done before then, but we'll, we'll definitely do it. We're, we're on schedule, so that's that's a good sign. So, uh, yeah, so I'm involved with the um, preparation work around the, uh, the hands-on labs there. So we've got a 200-seat hands-on lab environment there, pretty much covering any EMC products. So uh, anyone out there going along to that who wants to uh, try out some EMC products, uh, whether you're an existing EMC customer or not, uh, we've pretty much got every Every product covered. The great thing, as well, we've been working very closely with the uh, the business units within the EMC, and they have been very supportive around um, providing uh, virtualized instances of the products. So pretty much, uh, you know, when you come along, the, the, the vast majority of the labs, when you sit down, are actually running virtualized instances of everything, you know, from our storage products right through to our um our backup, our deduplication products, uh, you know, and, and and what have you. So, uh, you know, we've even got a uh, virtualized instance of the uh, the big old VMAX there as well. So. Um, so, so uh, it's pretty good. Obviously, this is non-commercial stuff. It's not, you know, um, you know, it's not for retail or for, for commercial use at all. They're literally, uh, you know, it's just for lab purposes only. But obviously, you know, it's very good from from a training perspective and for people to come along and, uh, you know, really just, you know, kick the tires on on, on any of these products. Because um, as you can imagine, a 200 seat environment potentially, you could have 200 people come along and want to sit. Uh, you know, a single lab, for example, a VMAX lab, and you can imagine having to have an environment with 200 VMAXs uh, or, you know, VNXs or something similar sitting on the back end spun up. Uh, so that's why virtualization really comes in it's, into its own for, for events like this. But, uh, yeah, but apparently the um uh, the amount of uh, people attending, um, we've got pretty good numbers this year, yeah. so it uh, should, should prove to be a, be a good event. So, uh, no, really looking forward to it. Back out in Vegas again as well. So, uh, okay. haven't been to Vegas since, uh, trying to think. I think probably since EMC World last year, actually. Uh, there's been a few other events out there which I couldn't make it to, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, Vegas is always an interesting one to go and visit. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so anyone uh, anyone heading out to EMC World, swing past the labs, come and say hi. Uh, to love to meet you and uh, catch up. Might, might try and sneak in a VBs whilst we're over there as well. Sounds cool, uh, Eric. What about EMC
0: or uh, HP Discover?
1: Yeah, it's coming that's up as a- well that's uh... in the first week of june i believe it's june fourth through seventh and that again is uh... las vegas that's a place i've been to uh... more than i wanted to in the last few months and um... so it's gonna be a, you know, a really good event uh, a lot of stuff there and that I'll, I'll be speaking and presenting at two different sessions um... one will actually be a panel kind of uh... ask the expert session on uh, storage for virtualization and that. so if you're going to HP Discover, um... you know be sure and swing by and uh, register for that one and attend that and. Um, yeah, you know, the, it's probably, they're, they're pretty big events. We get, I think, just over, last year it was over 10,000 people at, at that one. And um, you see a lot of the latest, you know, latest HP gear, the new Gen 8 servers and things like that, and um, uh, hands on labs and, and all that. So it should be a real good event. Yeah, I was going to ask
2: you about announcements. Were there any big announcements? We're, we're, EMC World, obviously, we, we always keep a few back for a few biggies for, uh, for EMC World. So we've got some big announcements coming. But I was wondering, uh, you guys, HP Discovery, same thing?
1: I'm not sure, actually. I haven't been too plugged into that part of it. and that I've been kind of working on the session planning and that, but as far as announcement-wise, I'm not sure what they, they plan on on that. I'm sure they'll have some. Yeah. Well, the Gen 8 servers, that would be good to have a, have a look at the Gen 8 servers. Yeah. yeah, that stuff looks pretty cool, actually. I'm waiting to, to kind of see that in person. There'll be a lot of stuff there, and that, that uh get my hands on that stuff. That looks like pretty cool tech.
2: Yeah, might be able to take home a few, uh, a few, uh, a few giveaways, right? A few server giveaways, a few demos yeah. for your homeland.
1: <laughs> Wish they'd come out with a Gen Eight microserver. That'd be cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing new on that front at
1: all. Um, I am hearing rumours, but uh, nothing substantiated at the moment. But. Uh yeah, yeah, I got I got two of those those microservers. We did do a, a, a processor bump on on a few months back, so basically the same unit, but they the the CPU speed on it a little bit and that. So, um, so great little servers. You know, I, I really enjoy you know the great form factors. Small, they don't take up a lot of power. Um, they do hold a lot of drives. You know, from memory capacity standpoint, you don't get a lot there or CPU, but it's great for doing basic stuff and uh, it works real well for me in that. I'm not I'm running huge workloads in my environment, so. Um, so I, I really enjoy using those in my lab. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely pretty good. I think
2: you definitely need to have sort of some sort of uh, additional storage device to to run your VMs off of. Yeah. Uh, my experience with them, trying to run VMs locally off that uh, off the uh, onboard storage controller, pretty pretty slow. But uh, the, you know, the rest of it's fine. And uh, to be honest, the majority of people anyway, sort of uh, you know, generally have a small storage NAS or something kicking around in their labs anyway. So. Uh
1: yeah. But
2: yeah. said, even if you do run them locally, it's still usable. You just can't run as many VMs, uh, just because the uh, the controller starts to bottleneck after a while.
1: Yeah. Um, I got the, the iOmega, the the PX, and um, a Synology in my unit. So those are great to offload that stuff, and um, you know, great small little units where you can. Uh, I'd say almost a must have in all lab Just get one of those little, even it's a two drive unit. Just look at the benefit of shared storage. You can use things like the, the iSCSI NFS on those and that. Um, and um, you know, be able to experience all those features that require shared storage in vSphere. Mm, I've seen some people
2: buy the micro server and actually uh, use that. But what they do is, because over here in the UK, they're still going for about a hundred pounds. You know, so they're still pretty oh, okay, good with wow. the rebate. Um, but I've seen people just buy a couple of, uh, uh, well, three three micro servers and use one of them as a, uh, for example, like an OpenFiler or three yeah. NAS box, yeah, and they just uh, use software RAID across
1: the uh, across the disks. Uh, I think there's four drives you can put in that, so you can get pretty good capacity. Yeah, yeah, well Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
0: idea. Yeah, I've been looking for something to run um, Hyper-V 3 on. Uh, what's the maximum amount of memory you can put in a microserver? I
1: think it's 8, right?
2: 8 uh, gigs. 8 gigs? Yeah, eight gigs. yeah it's so it's a little bit fine. limited um, in, in that respect. Um, yeah, it'd be kind of nice if they brought out a uh, sort of like a, an Uber version, as it were, that's uh you know similar to the 110's where you could get 16 gigs into that um, yeah. Uh, yeah definitely with my my uh, I've got an ML 110 G6 G7 in there as well and uh, what I started doing was actually just mucking around was starting, uh, starting to use a few of the um, VSA's virtual storage appliances actually on the box itself um, so not so good on the microservers the 110's um, a little bit better performance wise um, but yeah you still can't be having a standalone
1: uh, Stand-alone, standalone NAS or SAN device, you know,
2: little entry level type thing.
1: Uh, yeah, the 110s get you that, that more memory capacity up to 16 gig. That's what I got two of those as well, and that. And they, they get you more expansion, too. You can put more cards and NICs in it, stuff like that. I got, I think, six NICs total with my, my dual ports and mine, and that. So it's a great, and it's, it's not that much more. You know, I think here in the US, uh, the microserver is around 350, and you can get an ML 110 for about another 100, 150 more um and then to make the jump up to the greater capacity is like the ML150 and that where you can, I think it holds a lot more RAM, um, actually dual physical sockets for CPUs and things like that. And that one's actually on the vSphere um, compatibility list. So if you want something that's officially supported, that one's there. So And that's not only, I think, maybe another 200 more over the ML110. So it's going for about 700 bucks and that. So all great lab servers in that that you want something cheap, mm-hmm. um, you want something that supports all the features in vSphere and that, you know, there's a couple options there to choose from.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've had a, I've had a bit of a, um, I don't know, I've had an urge to go out and buy another, build another, uh, build another white box, um, not for my VSphere environment, but more for, um, more for my uh, my uh, main desktop here. So it's about three years, three four years old now, and uh, it's okay, but it doesn't quite cut it when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, sort of um, video transcoding things like that. So uh, that's going to be my next little project, I think.
1: Yeah, I just actually did that with uh, Diablo 3 coming out in uh, like, uh, less than two weeks now. I wanted my, my super computer and that, so I went out, went to Micro Center, but all the parts, uh, the latest i7, the, the big i7, they had the 2600 CPU, loaded up with the fast RAM, SSD drives, the whole works and that, so I'm set for Diablo 3, super fast video card and that, and uh So I'm waiting, and it would make a great box as well for using Workstation on. Got a lot of RAM in it, fast CPU, you know, a total of eight cores, and that. And um, so, you know, if you don't want to do the server route, you know, doing things like using Workstation or just plain white box with ESXi installed directly on it, that's another good option as well. Um, You know, usually, I typically find that the cost is pretty almost even as buying a fully configured server in a lot of cases. You get, sometimes be able to get a little bit cheaper out of a white box. but the white boxes can sometimes be a bit of a challenge to, you know, assemble all the parts that, you know, they're going to work and be compatible and all that. So uh, I've kind of gone back and forth over the years. And I've kind of just stuck with the server just to avoid the hassle of, you know, I know the server's going to work rather than the white box. It could take some, you know, a lot of work to get that going sometimes.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's funny, there's definitely two schools of thoughts there, isn't there? There's people that prefer to run sort of, you know, almost dedicated, small entry-level servers or, you know, storage appliances versus those folks that like to have a single white box and just run uh, virtualized, um, you know, ESX instances and VMs on the workstation. Um, the, the only downside with that, I guess, is, is the benefit of having your own dedicated service to do stuff. At least you can just leave it turned on. Whereas if you're wanting to do something in the background, uh, for example, let's say you're in Photoshop or you were doing some video editing or transcoding or something like that, it could affect your VMs that are running in the background. That's the only downside. But definitely from a power usage standpoint, you know, I can definitely see the benefits of running everything on a single box. Um, you know, it'd probably like you say, it would work out cheaper as well, less components to buy, uh, albeit yeah. probably uh, faster and you know, more memory, etc. But so. Uh,
0: yeah, cool stuff. Um, in my lab I've been I've got a Synology too, uh, just like Eric has. I've got a DS two eleven plus. Okay. That's um, I've really been impressed with the is that what, okay. I've been impressed with the interface and all the things you can do with it. I mean, I turned it into a VPN server, so I can VPN from my iPad now, like while I'm at Starbucks and oh, cool. you know, access the home network. Yeah, and you can even load like WordPress on it. I mean, it can this little Synology can do all this kind of crazy stuff I wouldn't expect. Um, it's got nice performance charts, so y- you can see utilization and such. But um, I've been impressed with it. I'm also, I've got a Drobo on the way I'm gonna be evaluating, so I'm excited uh-huh. to, to see what kind of performance, yeah, that's that's going to offer. Um, they've got some pretty cool stuff. They're, be, you know, Beyond Raid and all this, where you can mix and match different size drives, and you don't have to configure specific Raid, you know, types. Um, so it's it's an interesting concept. But, uh, yeah, I've been, I really didn't realize how much data I had until I tried to move it, you know. Uh, I've got like a terabyte of virtual machines and okay. you know, 500 gigs of just junk, and then you try to copy it, you know, from one <laughs> NAS to the other, and it's like, you know,
1: 12 hours, you know, yeah. or something. Uh, but uh yeah, they, cool uh, stuff. If they support USB three, it almost kind of works out better in that if you can. I know the the PX that I have here has a USB three port, so you could copy to a USB, okay. USB three drive, um, and that, you know I got a a removable uh, Western Digital USB three drive. I could plug in and copy data, and then you could plug it into the other one and probably get it faster that way than dragging over the network and that. Um, a functionality I've always been impressed with because they have a robust feature set that's across all their products and that. So no matter what product, if you go down to even simple two-drive all the way up to the bigger units, you get the same features functionality across all their units. And, you know, like I said, it covers pretty much it's – a, it's a whole toolkit of different protocols, different features. You want to run security cameras. It's got all that type of features. Um, all the protocol support has all that built in and that. So I was pretty impressed with those units as well yeah it could be a mail server even yeah, pretty crazy. yeah it's pretty robust but, uh, yeah I've never used, a, never used a Synology myself
2: I've got uh, in, in the labs here I've got a, a, a um, an IX so I've got a PX as well I'megas, and uh, I've got a um, um, oh, what, what's the other one I've got now Sorry, I haven't used it for, <laughs> for a while now. But I've got a Drobo as well. I've got a Drobo Pro. Um, getting a little bit longer in the tooth now. But that, that was a good, good device for just basic iSCSI stuff as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, the Synologies, yeah, they always look good as well.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if you guys have heard about um, a conference called um, uh, V Science. Um, it's it's more of a workshop uh, that uh, Edward Helecki's putting on. Oh really? And he's got. Um, Yeah, he's got uh, Scott Lowe is going to be one of the speakers, I'm going to be one of the speakers, Cody Bunch, uh, he's got a few other people, and it's supposed to be like a small conference with, um, you know, more in a workshop format where the attendees actually start out and they'll do a two-hour, like, deep dive on, you know, vSphere inner workings, and then a two-hour deep dive on uh, cloud and automation, then on networking, then on storage. And they're supposed to, they'll, they'll have like a case study where throughout the day, actually a two day conference, they build up, you know, their sort of design. It's like their job to use this case study, whatever, to sort of do homework, um, after each session and during the sessions and at night. Then they'll have access to lab gear. And at the end, they sort of have to turn in their homework and we have like a big group discussion, um, with a panel and, and stuff. So, uh, it's an interesting concept. Uh, it's called V Science. It's in uh, end of July down in Austin, Texas. Oh
1: wow! So um wow.
0: that
1: sounds cool. That sounds pretty cool. Sounds it sounds like a lot of work, but uh,
0: it sounds yeah, very very good and, and <laughs> equipment too. Yeah, it's yeah. also supposed yeah. to be unbiased. You know, so um, okay. it's not just V. It's not just VMware. It's supposed to be you know any sort of virtualization and cloud technology. So I'll be talking about. I'll be doing a deep dive on virtualization networking. So that means I have to start brushing up on you know, all forms of, you know, virtual networking, not just, you know, what vSphere does. So, interesting
1: stuff. And uh, the the word science here, is that just uh, kind of to imply that it's more (laughs) of a technical type of thing? Yeah, that it's more of a deep dive. It's not a product product marketing type thing. Yeah. So it's not the typical stuff you'd get at, you know, like a regular conference. Right. Right.
2: Well, it's good to have it um, the hypervisor neutral as well. So uh, that that'll be interesting. I mean, I'm guessing the majority of people coming along are, will probably do a case study or you know base theirs on uh, on, on VMware. But uh, no, it's good to see that you know hopefully there'll be a few more of the other people were looking at the other vendors. You know, just 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 for a bit of uh, quality across it um, makes it interesting as well. Because you know, quite often it's hard to keep up what the uh, what all the other vendors are doing with their hypervisor offerings as well. So it's quite good talking to other people that are perhaps using it or looking at using it. So uh, I think it gives you a better better balanced view on, on everything and features and functions available, you know. Yeah, it'll
0: be interesting, too, because there's not going to be any sponsors except for uh, Rackspace, I think, who's providing the lab equipment. Oh, okay. But, um, other than that... It'll be strange to be at a conference with no sponsors, you know. Okay.
1: Yeah. So. Well, it'd be it's good too. A lot of times you don't have to the overhead yeah. of all the sponsor stuff that typically you know the sponsors have to provide because they're paying for the conference and that. So um, this right. kind of cuts that out. Once you get straight to the meat and um, be able to you know jump into that stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. How does it work? Uh, do you have to pay to attend, or is it free to attend? I imagine you no, have, to, you pay have to pay to attend.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't. Yeah. I don't know the cost. It's under. 2000s, between 1000 and 2000, I don't know the exact price, and is it varies a, of course based on when you register and stuff. Is there a website or something associated with it? Yeah, I think it's uh, vSciencellc.com. Okay. You can just Google vScience and, ah, okay. and you'll find it. Okay. So. Let's have a look. So let's move on, let's talk about uh, vExpert 2012. Uh, congratulations guys, I heard you've been awarded vExperts. Yes, Me
1: too. I've heard that too.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: isn't yeah. yeah. a surprise. Um, yeah, another year. I guess we don't need to do an award show with John. Yep, he could list every V expert. Now that might
2: be a long show, <laughs> but uh, like a twelve-hour show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think what, close to
1: uh, five hundred this year, between four and five hundred. I think. Really? Yeah, that's what I had thought. Man. Well, yeah, this is was, the fourth year. Universe, yeah. And that, so um, it's. I think it's steadily. That first year, I think it was under 300, and that, and they've kind of kept it around that. And they changed the criteria this year, so now um, VMware employees can actually be eligible. Where in previous years, um, VMware employees were not eligible to be, be be expert in that. So that's changed, and you can now, um, you know, we got that kind of. Because a lot of those people operate independently of their their role at VMware and that. That you know, like look at Duncan on his website, and some of the other guys have their own websites that they run independent of VMware. VMware and that, so um, so that gives them kind of that recognition that you know pre- previously they weren't um, able to get because you know all those VMware employees were locked out of that program.
0: Yeah. So were you guys? Um, I think there's like three different types, three or four different types now: um, evangelist and, and different forms of the expert. Is that right?
1: Yeah, evangelist or evangelist uh, like, partner, and I think one other. I can't remember what it was. It should be the answer. Yeah, student. I
2: think that was. Was that more during the uh, nomination process? Because I think I don't know. Yeah.
1: Actually, I, I haven't seen the final list yet. But have they split the final list out into categories? No, and they won't. It, it was at, on the on the uh, application. You got to pick essentially the track that you felt yourself were. were Kind of fit, but it's they're not splitting it out publicly, in that it's only for their internal thing, and in that they won't actually show it differently ah, on the website. Saying. Everybody's a V expert, regardless of you know what kind of t- area that they fit in. So uh, they may expand that out. Oh yeah, I know, see the further. list now. Yeah, the directory. Yeah, you guys okay. Yeah, there's a directory on the VMware's VMware. website that that lists everybody there. A public directory. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's got your VMTN username and Twitter handle. Yeah. Um, and
1: they'll have a, a better directory, or they have a directory, right? They do. It's, it's got all the basic information yeah. that each person has to go in and actually fill out, you know, kind of their background, their bio, information about themselves, some contact info if they wish and that. So um, it allows people that, you know, outside of the v expert group to be able, you know, if they want to maybe... Contact or see people in their area, and that you can kind of go in there and just browse through just to see who um, you know exactly is a V expert. Good stuff.
2: No, but congratulations cool. to everyone that's made it, and especially those people that made it for the first year this time as, as well. It's uh, good on you.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of new people. I, I saw that spreadsheet that listed the. Um, all the people on a list of the years previously in that and I saw a lot in there that were new for the first time this year and that I know they've kind of changed the criteria across years in that um, and that's changed a little bit so they've tried to open it up a little bit more um, both open it up and get a little bit more restrictive at the same time and that so um, but they have kind of broadened the group now and it, it is over 400 now so it is a bigger bunch
2: yeah, if you want some uh, interesting stats on that, so Tommy Trobton, who runs the uh, VTechSIM website, he uh, obviously had too much, too much time on his hands one weekend or one evening, so he went through and he actually, um, I think, loaded a lot of the, the details into a spreadsheet, or at least did something with it, so he's got all these, uh, if you check out his site, search, search for the particular blog post on it, but he, he did a load of um, statistics. So you know how many V special, uh, sorry how many uh, V experts didn't make it from you know from last year that made okay. it this year how many uh, V experts that there's been that have um, uh, managed to you know uh, continue to hold on to the title from two thousand nine on through okay. um, all sorts of like really weird oh, cool. and wonderful different stats based off the uh, the last three or so years of uh, the V experts so um, yeah oh, definitely cool. check that out it's, uh, it's an interesting read. yeah pretty good.
1: And yeah, speaking of uh, uh, blogs and websites, I I finally got my V Launchpad updated in that. That's uh, with the whole uh, all the winners that we announced previously in that. Um, instead of just identifying the top 25, I expanded it out to the top 50 now. So you can there's just so many. There's over 200 um, blogs now that you know. I figured just displaying 25, you know, opening up to 50 gives you you know a bit more. Um, and it can fit a lot more blogs in there and, and give a lot, more, a lot more recognition that way. Um, so all that's updated in that. It's, uh, it's always a challenge to update that thing. It's a painful process for me. I have to cut and paste all these things in alphabetical order and rearrange things and that. So it takes a lot of work, but it, it's all up to date. And um, you just go to the, the vpad.com. You can see all that there.
0: Cool. And then you also have, what, that's top fun. 25 blogs? Is there a website? or I know there's a Twitter handle.
1: Yeah, there's a the planet I have that's an aggregator of all those blogs, and I got to actually put the, the top fifty in there now. It's only the top twenty five currently in that. Um, that is, um, if you just go to the, the vpad.com, there's a link for it there. I think it's called it's just at feed.vsphereland.com as well, and that you can actually follow that as well. So if you want to see all the new blog posts that come up as, as people write them, they they'll all, they're all tweeted out. So if you just follow that account. Um, there's a link when you go to that website. You can follow it and be updated, or you can use RSS to, to follow that website and see similar to the planet um, B12M, but this one just focuses on the top bloggers and, and not everything as a whole.
0: Cool, cool. So um, awesome. lately, I j- I'll just give you guys an update on what I've been working on. I um, completed my vCloud Director Essentials course uh, for Train Signal oh, cool. here. and. Uh, I s-
2: I saw that announced the other day. Yeah, yeah, quite interested in that actually. We're dealing a lot with uh, vCloud Director with the labs, so we're we're using 1.5. the EMC hands on labs this year, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting actually. I quite like it as a product actually. I was a bit s- skeptical initially, but uh, it, it's yeah, I definitely see the value and the power of it. You know, when you really start using it, it is uh, it is amazing what it can do. I mean, like any products, it's got its you know, it's got a few quirks and what have you that you soon get used to, but uh, yeah, I've been really impressed with it actually. Um, so, yeah, at some stage, I wouldn't mind checking that out actually, sort of uh, fill in the gaps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's.
0: I, I was impressed with it as a product as well. I mean, I also have to, you know, try to caution people that it's, you know, it's probably not a product that every shop needs at this point. Um, it's not for everyone, but it, it is something that probably every VMware admin needs to learn about, or you know, get started learning about. So um, it, it's it really is a you know an impressive cloud product. And I have to also remember it's still at version 1.51. I think it's the latest. It's like three three revisions so far. So uh, I think they've got a long way to go. And then uh Jason Nash of VCDX he released a VSphere Advanced Networking uh oh, course cool. from Train Signal. So it's like kind of a That's deep right dive here. into VSphere networking. Yeah, I want to check that out. Of course, we released view 5 um but now v- view 5.1 came out. Uh so we need a slight update <laughs> just, there, but it's never anything. <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, I'm proud to say that uh EMC's Scott Lowe is working on a VSphere 5 design course for us. It should be out in the next few months, oh, that'd be cool. so uh, I think that's right. yeah, that's going to be really popular. I've been listening to some of his lessons, and I've actually learned a lot. And you know, I want to use that knowledge to go take my my DCD. Um, but it's it, yeah, it's a really cool course. He's a smart guy, very smart guy. Oh,
1: cool! Look forward to seeing yeah, I look that. Yeah, look forward
0: one.
2: to that. Actually, DCD is probably going to be the next one I go for. I think, if possible, you know, when I get time. But uh, yeah, no, I look forward to that. You guys are getting some pretty good titles titles in there now. Um, you know, pretty much covering the whole gambit, you know, everyone from the beginners right through, to you the know, more, more, more advanced stuff, so, uh, no, it, yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, trying to trying to keep the topics, you know, flowing, there's just
0: so many things to talk about, new products all the time, uh, people have been asking about um, VCOPs, you know, training, yeah. um, V Center yeah. Operations, yeah, and I'm writing an article on, I think it's called, what, V Center Infrastructure Navigator, which is like a... An additional piece on on top of ECOPS that does application inspection in inside of uh, you know virtual machines. Uh, so you know I've been learning about that. A lot of just so many new products from VMware all yeah. the time. Tough to keep up. Uh, yeah, I heard it's they're doing a public busy. Yeah, I heard they're doing a public beta of um, uh, Octopus. I haven't. Yeah. Although I went to the website and you oh, couldn't yeah. download Octopus. Oh really? Right. Okay. But I guess they soon will have one. The Dropbox,
2: um, like interesting, technology. yeah, yeah, yeah. box Yeah, yeah. Have you seen in that space? It's actually got very competitive recently. Actually, um, so uh, Microsoft with their SkyDrive, they've they've basically revamped that. They've got a new pricing model out around it. So they've got a, um, a a client for the uh, for the iPad and iPhone now, um, which sort of coincided a lot of those releases with Google also announcing their sort of. Um, Dropbox looky-likey product. Um, so it's definitely hotting up in that space now. And obviously with VMware coming in with Octopus, uh, But further down the track, it's uh, I, think, I think a lot of these companies see the value of it now. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still an avid uh,
1: Dropbox user myself. Uh, Same here.
2: And, uh, yeah, it's definitely a good product.
1: I, I really find no reason to leave Dropbox. I like all the functionality. Um, it would be nice if it was priced a little bit cheaper i think with these other players out now um that may drive the pricing down and that um i got the 50 gig level right now i'd like to have more but it's a uh, double the price to go from 50 to 100 so um but you know th- it's good that there's a lot more competition there and you know the, the octopus one is going to be more focused on the enterprise where dropbox initially was focused on consumer and i think it kind of migrated to the enterprise I- i've seen some um you know, when I've had to, like, transfer data up to iOmega or something like that, they have a, their own kind of Dropbox dedicated site. So, um, so yeah, it's good that there's a lot of choices now in that and um, you know, a lot of competition in that space. Yeah, yeah. I'm, around
0: pricing. I'm inter- um, but I was just going to say I'm interested in, um, I saw a new product, that, it's actually an iPad app called Cloud On, and um, it, it interfaces with your Dropbox account. So what Cloud On does is it gives you, um, basically a, a Microsoft Office suite. I mean, it's the real, like, Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. So you can edit those types of documents, but it interfaces with Dropbox. So you give it your Dropbox credentials, and it, it shows the, your directory in Dropbox, and that's where it's storing all your files. So the files stay in Dropbox, but you're editing them on an iPad with your Office apps, um, so it's, it's pretty cool, actually. I've been trying to turn my iPad into, a, like, a laptop replacement, so I got the, yeah. <laughs> the Zagfolio uh, keyboard, the Bluetooth keyboard yeah. here. Yeah. And uh, so I've got Cloud yeah. on, and cool. as long as I have internet access, I can, you know, access all my Dropbox um, files and then edit them with, you know, Word and Excel, and it works pretty well.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, looks good. Nice-looking keyboard.
0: Oh, yeah, thanks. There, there's also um, another one um, called Online Des- Desktop, where it's actually a, a virtual desktop subscription service. So you pay like five bucks a month, and you get like a full desktop with oh, Internet like Explorer and everything. Rent a VDI? Exactly, like rent a VDI, and it's it's got the tablet extensions, I guess, loaded in Windows, so, you know, it's, it's easier to tap and stuff instead of just, like, using... Um, you know, Wise Pocket Cloud, let's say. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, some interesting, interesting stuff. I, I'm hoping to one day go like 100, percent you know, software as a service, and not have any applications local, and you know, get a new laptop, and it's just you know, all on the in the cloud somewhere.
1: Yeah, but you got to be always always connected. Yeah, that's so. pretty good. Can't use it in an airplane or yeah. Yeah. Any downside? Uh, that's a great idea. And to
2: lose connectivity, that's the only problem. <laughs> yeah that's true, at that's least true. I mean, does that happen
0: enough? yeah i mean but the dropbox client like even you know on the ipad is really easy you just go in you mark yeah. stuff you know favorites and it stores it offline and downloads yeah. oh, it yep. so i'm on the plane and i can read it like that and um so yeah interesting it's cool we'll see. Yep. yeah
2: that's pretty cool I've been—I um, was over in the States. Uh, well oh, God, quite a bit recently with the, with the project. But uh, yeah, I've been really tempted many on many occasions, especially going through duty free to pick up an iPad three. But I still can't justify it. I'm still running an iPad one at the moment, and it's, it's fine. I mean, it does what I want it to do. It's starting to get a bit slow now. Every software update they bring out—you know—they're they're slowing it up more and more. So it will get to the point where it would be unusable. But uh, you know, it's still hanging in there for the time being. I just—I just can't justify the expenditure, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, they, I like the idea of the new screen on that. That looks pretty slick.
1: One thing for me would be the more memory the store stuff at. I'm at 16 gig, and I always fill that up. So I'd like to get up to 32. So that would be my main driver for upgrading to a new one is, is space. And the other stuff is nice to have, but to me it's not really a must-have.
2: Mm. I think 32 is uh, uh, the sweet spot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I just bought uh, iMovie and iPhoto for the iPad because i wanted to try out you know how can can you really edit movies and and fix up photos you know on an ipad so i've still got the ipad 2 i don't have the 3 but okay. i'm interested to see you know just how useful can this device be with these new applications oh.
2: Yeah, it was interesting, the reports back You're hearing about the uh, the iPad 3 after, you know, it's pretty extreme use, but tell you what, you go into your Apple store, so those iPad 3s that are sitting in there on um, the demos, they've been on there all day, so, uh, you know, there's a whole thing about, about them running so hot, you know, and it's interesting, so I went into it, I've uh, been into a couple of Apple stores now, and you pick them up and fill the back, and it's interesting, they do definitely run significantly hotter. I mean, admittedly, these ones are on probably, what, you know, 15, 16 hours a day, perhaps, but, uh, you know, even still, the iPad 1 even running it for that long, you know, that extended period of time, I can never rem-
1: remember it running quite that hot. Um, so that's yeah, it's, it's because of that, that hands retina display. They got to push a lot more CPU power to power that thing, so that really drives that the heat up and the CPU usage up when when they're when they're doing that. So, and that's why they had to really yeah. expand if the battery on that one. Way. Was because they were going to reuse so much more power. They made the battery a lot bigger on that one to, to be able to not drop in, in battery time. So.
2: Yeah, yeah. Forever cheese, so I don't see it being a big deal at all. Even if it does get a little bit warm, it's, uh, you know, it's, good. it's gonna be useful in winter, keep your hands warm. Yeah, so, exactly.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's cold <laughs> winter do. nights. Heat the room up. And bring it. Yeah, right I out. just
0: love it for travel. <laughs> I mean, the battery life, you know, on a plane, and um, even yeah. my, you know, my brand new laptop, the battery still, even though it says six hours, it still lasts around two. So, uh, you know, when you take a long plane ride, to me, the iPad's just such a great... A productivity tool with long battery life. Totally, yep, I, totally. I bring yeah. mine
2: on every yeah. airplane. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. My MacBook Pro lasts about an hour and a half. hour and a half to two hours, depending on what I'm doing. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to when the, um, it's interesting, I, I was, I, oh, God, this was last year sometime, but I flew, I think it was United, it was one of their newer planes from the uh, U.K. to the U.S., and it was interesting. Uh, you know, I was flying economy, as I always do, but, um, you know, in the seat there, they actually had a um, proper power plug in economy seats. Oh wow! So that's I'd imagine hard. going forward, hopefully with everyone sort of having this dependence on electronic devices and having to keep them charged, I'm kind of hoping some of the other airlines, you know, uh, such as BA or Virgin, you know, when they when they refresh their uh, their fleet or do the upgrades, oh, interior fit-outs cool. again, they're put the power banks in the seats. So. Especially
1: on longer flights, or you uh, tend to run out of juice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. That's cool.
2: So, um, one thing I'm gonna mention though, guys, I, I think you could be related, you got matching t-shirts there. We do. <laughs> we're
1: both, uh, V-nerd. the, uh v-nerds.
2: Very cool. <laughs> Pair of yeah, we're,
0: we're almost out of them. I think the train signal finally, I think we've almost run out of you know, v nerd shirts, so now wow. these will be limited edition, yep. you know, unavailable any longer <laughs> until a new shirt comes out in 2012 at VMworld, cool. um, I hope. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Collector's yeah. item. They'll be selling on eBay for thousands. <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right. So, um, well, this has been a great beach-out, guys. Um, yeah. Hey, Eric, anything else
1: to add? No. I'm, I'm good.
2: All okay. right. Simon? No, and that's pretty much everything for me. I've got to head out and take the dog for a quick walk now. So, uh, yeah, have a great film to you guys. And, yep. um, yeah, I hope, I hope we get to do it uh, sometime soon. Definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah. In our next VChat, we'll have to talk about you know EMC World and HP Discover and you know some other conferences and who knows you know VMware will probably have a new product out by then. So um, yeah, it'll be exciting. Stay tuned. All right. See you guys. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya.
2: Thank you for watching this episode of VChat, the latest in virtualization and cloud computing news and how to. Eric, Simon, and David want your feedback, so send questions or ideas for future
1: VChat topics to vchat at trainsignal.com.